Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This. We are today kind of as a continuation of... Well, the whole thing's a continuation. <laughs> the <laughs> Old just, Testament? Yeah, we just moved book by book all the way through. But today kind of has a similar vibe as the last couple weeks when we were looking at the Psalms. We're in the Proverbs right now. If you're just like stumbling upon this community, we move through uh, Scripture talking about things that we think you don't want to miss, things that we think might be good ideas for teaching and thinking about and talking about. And anyways, that's what we do. And we are on the book of uh, Proverbs today. Let me bring up our word of the week, which you can't wait for. I had to move it so that you could see the board at the beginning, y'all. Because I accidentally wrote some of our things (laughs) in the spot where this thing is. The word of the week is three words, woman of valor. (laughs) We're going to come to that. It's at the end of the book of Proverbs. It might be your favorite part. So um, let's put on the timepieces as we move through the Old Testament. There's only two right there, and I'm afraid I sat on one. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, where is the other one? <laughs> it was stuck okay. to my butt. So okay. We're going to do... Okay. So we have... This This is the timeline. If you haven't seen this through the Old Testament, we met Solomon back several months ago in the storyline of the Old Testament, the son of David. And he's actually attributed as to writing these three books. Um, Some uh, people say. Some people say, right. We love to think he wrote Ecclesiastes. Yeah. uh, But nobody knows. It was just a preacher. Yeah. And Um, he was known as being really wise in the Proverbs or this kind of wisdom literature. So that's why people associate him. And remember at the very beginning when you prayed for an understanding heart, and Ecclesiastes is going to circle back to that theme right at the very beginning that, um, about that understanding heart. So we love to think they maybe all came from Solomon. Um, d- depending on who you listen to or read or research from, you may, um, you'll probably hear that we don't really actually know about the book of Ecclesiastes, but we do um, know Proverbs and Songs of Solomon would have come. So these are three boxes that go in spot 36, 36, 36. These three boxes underneath Solomon. So just in order of the books, we put Proverbs, Echol, Ecclesiastes. And then let's just talk about this really quick. Um, We went through at the beginning of this year, and as we went through chronologically, we did the history of the Bible. That's what's up here. Now we're starting over, and this is when the timeline is going to be so fun. And we're putting these books in, these um, second half of the Bible books, where they would have been written in history. So all of the Psalms mostly come from the time of David. And then we're going to get into Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Songs of Solomon. These are all kind of right here in this time period is where you would find these books being written. So we also have a tip in for this week that goes at the beginning of Proverbs. It's kind of similar to the one that you saw in um, Psalms, where it gives sort of an overview. The book of uh, the book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes actually 
Um, and you could put this at the top of your journal. This is the fill in the blank word. What kind of literature this is? It's wisdom literature. Um, so this is a typical. This is a um, particular type of writing style. And something that a lot of people talked about when we were in Israel. There's kind of two ways of looking at wisdom literature. One is this way I'm about to say, and the second is sort of like advice and parenting teaching style that we'll get to in a second. But um, wisdom literature is, uh, um, when we were over in Israel, our guides that were Israeli talked about one of the ways that the Jewish people study scripture is through debate. That they sit down together in groups of them. Which I just want to go so bad to that. I just want to sit in that circle and be like, in it, like trying to figure it out and talking about it. I love that reasoning together. Yeah, and they do that because they say and believe, and a lot of Bible scholars, that wisdom literature is a type of literature that leads to that, that it leads to discussion, it leads to debating, it leads to wondering, it leads to filling in the blanks. Western culture has kind of established this relationship with scripture that we go to scripture to end the argument. Like we go mm. to it for the final answer. Um, ancient people saw it differently and said, no, you go to it to begin the argument. That it establishes the topic of discussion. It establishes the things to wonder about as you read And through. don't you want it to be both? Yeah, because I, I think it I is. Too. Yeah. Yes, I do too. Because I think scripture is um, and can be both. And so that's the concept of wisdom literature. So as you read through the Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, actually sometimes you come across like, um, contradictory type scriptures, like how to parent or w- how to be a good friend. And they're like, wait, those are opposite from each other. And then they're in the same exact book. And that's the beauty of it. It's just like, oh, well, yeah, because life is so complicated. Mm. And there's, you can't just like say, here's the right answer for this yeah, situation. There's no easy answer. Right. Every single time. But rather like wisdom is this concept of like, thinking through, like bringing in other opinions, reaching out to God, uh, listening for answers, um, noticing the fruits of decisions, you know, and yeah. all of that together is sort of the idea of wisdom literature. Also, when, when you saw on this, like this whole idea of like teaching and parenting are big parts of this. Humility is also a big theme of Proverbs because in this, what we're talking about and trying to discover wisdom, it takes humility. It takes understanding the idea that like, wait, I don't know everything. My perspective is not the only perspective mm. that there is. And, and I think that's powerful to be a major theme. And then faith and faithfulness. What does that look like? Um, is also so, and we didn't pick all the themes of Proverbs, but just some of the, the biggest themes that you might see in there. And I love that parenthood is one of the themes that you see. In fact, some will say, Proverbs is almost like it was written as parental advice, as advice that was given um, and kind of handed down um, from a mother or a father to the child who is reading those Proverbs of like, here's how to live a good life Mm. is kind of what Proverbs is. And um, I had the experience because we were gonna read Psalms in um, the whole book in this part of our reading, I pulled out a different set of scriptures to read the Psalms in because sometimes I just like to have a new look. And so I actually pulled my grandma's scriptures out um, that I have from her and started reading the Psalms. And it was fun for me because she had marked different ones than I've marked in my scriptures. 
And it kind of was that thought of her handing down to me, here's the wisdom I found mm. here in Psalms. And, and here's what stood out to me in Proverbs, almost as if like my grandma was like, here is my advice for how to live a good life. And as I was reading it, there was one little part that stuck out that stuck out that, that had, bookmark is so cute. It really is hers. That it really is, is awesome. my grandma Bell's bookmark. I have in these scriptures my grandma Bell's bookmark, because it's my grandma Bell's scriptures. And also this, because my grandma Bell would always give us like $25 for Christmas oh. from in a Zions Bank envelope. <laughs> and I love the memory of that so much that I that's my other little bookmark that I keep in here. Those are good. This is the vibe of Proverbs. Okay. This whole is. thing, yes. right? This idea yeah. of like just a hand passing down. down wisdom. Yeah. And um so I, she had marked several verses I had never noticed before when I had read Proverbs. And as I got in and started reading it, I was really in a sentimental mood. And I was kind of reading in that frame of mind of like, if my grandma could give me advice, um, this is the reason why I'm such an advocate for marking your scriptures, because my grandma cannot actually speak to me. But when I open up these pages and I look at where she's marked in red, it is almost a way of like, getting advice from Grandma Bell. And that's what I was thinking when I was reading. And then as I was reading, I was like, I should be more intentional about thinking about that when I read the scriptures as this is actually advice from um, our my Heavenly Father and Mother too. If they were like, here's how to live a good life. Mm. Here, take this whole thing with you, right? This, this would be it. And there is the sweetest couple of verses right here in Proverbs 6. And um, it starts in verse 20. It says, My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. And I love that part because remember in the Jew Jewish culture, they actually do that. They will bind on those words, those laws, the commandments, how to live a good life bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou walkest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is a light. And I just loved the thought of that, um, kind of that handed down from generation to generation, um, handed down from Grandma Bell, right? How to live a good life. But also that thought of handed down um, the Father's commandment and the law of the mother. Um, just the thought of that being handed down to each of us to hold on to and, and to keep dear and let it keep us when we wake up and um, before we go to sleep and kind of is, is what we're taking with us. I love the thought of that as we enter in to these little pieces of advice. advice. Right, yeah. I, just when you read that, I was just thinking just that. And when you wake up, it will talk with you. Yes. And I, I remember somebody, it was a podcast I was listening to years ago or something. Um, and the person talking said, I keep, I read several books at once. Like they were asking like, what books on your nightstand? Mm -hmm. Like getting to know you. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and I like, I read several at once. And they were like, oh, really? Why? And he was like, because then they start talking to each other. Oh, that's so cute. You know, like what I'm learning in this book, I take that into yes. this book and yeah. and go through. And I think that's really neat that it's just like, I mean, like that you will 
oftentimes remember bits of advice mm. that your parents gave you or that, you know, your grandparents gave you. And the same would be true of scriptural advice too. That Like it will talk to you. Yes. Like as we spend our time in a daily study of scripture, yeah, it I almost love that. becomes a voice, you know, mm-hmm. that will, when we wake up, it will yes. say, you know. Um, so these little bits of advice, if you look in your journal, we drew fortune cookies <laughs> because... Um, we're actually starting a Chinese restaurant. We <laughs> I just said that we, we should, should do that. It'd be so fun. <laughs> um, but like there are just these little one-liners that almost feel like fortune cookies. And sometimes you open up the fortune cookies and it's so bad. Um, yeah, I need a new one. Do you ever do that where I'm like, no, this is this not is, my yeah. fortune. So I you need just a don't new eat one. the cookie and then it won't happen. <laughs> I can never eat the cookie. I have celiac. Someone should eat it for and behalf of you. Do, are you that saying way? none of my fortunes have ever worked in my life? Sorry. No, um. they have. My, I am a firm <laughs> believer in fortune cookie fortunes. But oh, I sometimes get my them. back. Oh, uh, I need a new I one. I need another one. Yeah. Um, so we just thought it would be fun in this top part here. Uh, we're going to share a couple of our like, oh, I wish this was on a fortune cookie because that would be really, really good advice. Um, and then if anyone owns a fortune cookie restaurant, can you please make... Proverbs fortune cookies. Yeah. People are going to love it. Right. But also, this is a great idea, particularly if you teach the youth or even the older primary classes. You can buy fortune cookies where the paper inside is blank. And so, who wants to put Proverbs fortunes inside the fortune, the fortune cookies? cookies? Yeah. Yeah. And if you can't find any that are blank, it could be a fun thing to start out class and just like, here, everybody open these up. And this is kind of an example of yeah. what Proverbs actually are. Or I wonder if you could just stuff your own in them. Yeah. you And just have two? Two, yeah. And whichever is the best one, it'll be you the Proverbs keep, one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Great idea. You get to keep it in there. So that can be really um, cool to do. And I just thought of something. And now I just must stupor of thought. Must not have been true. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> So we're going to share a couple of those, like just like one-liners, that wisdom literature, some of those things that have been kind of guiding forces yep. for um And you'll find them both in both us. Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. You pulled yours out of Proverbs. I pulled right. mine out of Ecclesiastes. Just So if that's something fun that you want to do to like kick off your lesson, this will give you an idea of what you're looking for. Okay. So here's a couple. Um, Proverbs 1. That's where I'm going to start, right at the beginning. Verse seven, um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And I, I, that fear of the Lord has to be retranslated always because fear sounds like Halloween or something, right? But, or I'm or scared, like you're scared of, yeah. Yeah, and, and it is not, usually our experience with the Lord is not to be afraid of him. So then you're like, that should give you a hint to be, pull out the Hebrew or the Greek of that word and see what's that supposed to mean right and so in this one it's like the awe of the lord the reverence of the lord assurance is another great one um respect yeah and it usually comes from his character right or from his good works and doings and so like i have such awe like if you stand in um, some place in nature or something that causes awe it's you're in awe of like of what's been presented. And you can also be in awe of what God's created and done in mm. your life and what he's done in the past. And so it's this idea. We ha- There's that um, paraphrase Bible 
called The Message that we love so much. And I love in that one, the way that this verse was written, it says, begin with the Lord. That's how it that's how mm. it's phrased and starts. And I and I think that's like a really like Yeah, that's so good. Start in love, consideration, and awe of the Lord. Yeah, that's so, so good. Proverbs one seven. Next one from Proverbs is so famous. It's one of the most famous ones in all the world. Um, it's Proverbs three, verse five and six. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. Um, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. One of the things that is fascinating to me about this verse is that word um, trust is the way the Old Testament writers express the idea of what faith. When we say Mm. faith, Old Testament writers say trust. And I actually really, really love that synonym because then all of a sudden faith can become almost like this like, I don't really know what that means Mm -hmm. type of word. But if I just say like, oh, do you have faith in the Lord? It means do you have trust in the Lord? And trust comes from relationship and trust comes from experience Mm. and trust comes from character and so i love the idea of like i trust the lord with all my heart yeah why because dot 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 you know that could be a really cool teaching opportunity a good question to ask why do you trust who you trust and what reasons do you have to trust the lord like Mm. what's he done how has he shown up that make you think what have you read about him that make you think Mm. okay i would trust my life yep you know, in, in your hands. And then one more fortune cookie. Wouldn't that be fun to open that one up? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And you're like, okay, I will. Um, 15.1, just really, really good advice. A soft answer turneth away wrath. And you were saying last week, um, just bringing up how much contention provides mm. really good content. You know, yes. where it just, yeah. like it sells yeah. right now. And like, it's so easy to want to, snap back you know and 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 uh and it just fuels the fire of it all and i this bit of advice is like hey how about trying a a soft answer and to settle like situations instead of aggravating them and anyways i think that's just such a yeah they're so good um i have just two that i love both of mine are in ecclesiastes because if you do this with your class you're gonna find great ones in Proverbs. You're gonna also find really good ones in Ecclesiastes. I love Ecclesiastes 9:10. Whatsoever thing you do, do it with your might. And I just love the thought of that. The other one that I love is um, Ecclesiastes 7, verse eight. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning of it. And I, that is so true in my life. Even if I'm like super looking forward to something, at the beginning, no matter what, at the end, it's just, it's better than the beginning mm. was. It's better than you could have ever anticipated. So I love the thought of that. Um, along with these little words of advice or um, how to live a life, um, one of the things that Proverbs has been for me, and I wonder if this is true for you, um, is as I live my life and I, I live lessons, I live experiences. Oftentimes I will come back into this wisdom literature and it will kind of put a capstone for me on that thing I learned Mm. in a really concise way. Does that make sense? Where I'm like, oh, I know what that means now because I just experienced this thing. And, And there are a couple for me in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes that are just close to my heart because of the, of the living 
of it mm. um, and what I learned because of it. And it reminds me, um, my grandpa said to me one time, um, we were, it was at Jones's baby blessing. Mm-hmm. And afterwards he took me aside and he said, you won't know what the phrase joy in your posterity means until you stand in the blessing circle of your great grandson. Oh. And and uh, it, that, it, it's interesting because it's like, right? He's lived with that phrase his whole life. He's yes. heard it his whole life. And then it was almost like he gets to that spot and he was like, now I know no. what that phrase actually means. Yes. I've lived it. Yes. And maybe it doesn't even quite, but do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and like, don't just you like, love that definition of wisdom literature? That like once you have lived it, you will be wise in that right. thing. That, and you'll you'll come back to it and over time, Proverbs will become a book you fall in love with because you've actually lived it yeah. over time. And there's a couple, there's a verse here in um, Proverbs and also in Ecclesiastes that are super tender verses to me because of the living that we have experienced. And I'll never forget um, when Caleb and Josh were young, sixth grade and fourth grade. And um, Josh is our diabetic. He's my son who has diabetes. And we had just barely moved into this house, barely. Like none of us knew our address, barely. You know that yeah. week. And school was just starting. And um, I heard, the, I woke the boys up, they were getting ready. And I heard the bath water start. And um, that, so I knew everyone was up and going. And I was in my room, which was underneath. Uh, we're on the main floor, they were upstairs getting ready. And all of a sudden I could just hear this banging going on upstairs. And immediately in my head, I was like, the boys are fighting. That was the first thing that came to mind. And I knew Caleb had started the bath first and I figured Josh had probably tried to go in and Caleb was super private and did not want anyone in his bathtub. And I could hear him yelling. And so I came around the stairs to to go up there and be like, we do not have time for this this morning. And um, as I came around the stairs, I could hear panic in Caleb's voice, just pure panic. And he was just screaming, mom, mom, over and over again. But I could still hear that like banging, like really hard banging. And all of a sudden it dawned on me so quick that that thing we had never wanted to happen was happening and um, that Josh was somewhere and he was having a seizure. I just knew he was, I could hear from how loud that banging was, what was happening. And I stopped and ran to the kitchen. Those of you who have a diabetic child will know this. And those of you who don't, you keep in your kitchen this little red plastic uh, box that has a shot in there that is pure sugar, like so much sugar, more sugar than anyone should ever have. It's just tiny. And um, you practice filling them up every year. So you will be ready for the moment you never want to have. And I'll never forget running up those stairs. I mean, just tripping over my legs and getting into the bathroom and cute Caleb was in the bathtub and he was pushed up back against the faucet of the thing. And Josh had walked in not coherent of what was happening and gotten in the bath, but but had lost consciousness and had laid flat in there and would have gone under the water except for Caleb had lifted up under his arms and he was holding him right here. And just that seizure, that force of that seizure was just banging Caleb into that faucet. And um, I can remember pulling Josh out of the tub 
and then um, saying to Caleb, go call 911, and cute Caleb's standing on the porch in his boxers, trying to tell the ambulance how to get to our house because none of us could remember mm. our address. And um, me on the phone with primaries, trying to figure out how to take care of this unconscious child that I, this was my first experience with. And it was later that week that I read this verse in Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loveth at all times and a brother is born for adversity. And then in Ecclesiastes um, chapter four, verse nine, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor, for if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. And I can remember reading that and thinking to myself, cute, sweet Caleb, who was probably barely 12, and how quick his reaction was to just slide his arms right under Josh and hold him up, even though it had to have been so painful. And it was so smart in that moment. And everything that he did, um, to be there for his brother in that time of adversity. And I wrote that phrase up and I hung that on the wall in their bedroom, both those two wisdom um, scriptures together for their entire life that just hung right on the wall in their bedroom. That How important it is to have a brother in times of adversity because if one falls, the other will lift up his fellow. And it was true in that moment. Um, but it has been true all through my life, those moments where we reach and lift another, even if it hurts us, until the safety comes. That's so awesome. Now everyone's going to hang that verse in all their houses. <laughs> in all their boys' rooms. <laughs> yeah. You teach your boys, they take care. My boys knew they took care of each other. They just knew Yeah, that is what they did. That's one of my favorite lines. Um so one that's meant a lot to me is uh, back one chapter in Proverbs 16. And I kind of retranslated it for myself. <laughs> Hopefully that's fine. fine. <laughs> but, I, you know, like one of the things that I've, I've kind of been a dreamer my whole life. Like in, and like uh, never and super indecisive too. Um, and when those two come together, that's disaster if you want to live a responsible sort of life. I remember when Jack came home from the hospital, my mom calling me and then saying, Jack's our oldest, like, okay, you're a dad now. Do you know what you want to do with your life? <laughs> <laughs> and I think she called last week and asked the same thing. Um, but, you know, so it's like I have all these like ambitions and I want to be a part of big things and, and I want to do this, but I also like know... You know, I, I have a responsibility to take care of my family and to look out for everybody. And and I, I don't know. And and I have really, really to add into this bad FOMO, fear of missing out. And <laughs> I, so, so I, true. And I just so like, sometimes I get paralyzed in my decision making because I, I want to do um, w what I feel like God would encourage and want me to do. I also would battle like, wait, is, does he choose everything that I do or where's my choice and what I actually want to do and drawn to do and, and all of those things. And, and this verse, Proverbs 16, is in Proverbs 16 has been, a, been fantastic advice and encouragement to me um, in helping me get over that decision paralysis. 
because I sometimes I think, well, if I pick this, then I miss out on this, mm-hmm. you know, or what if, if I pick this and I probably never get a chance for that, you know? Um, and it says this in our verses, a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. Mm-hmm. And it might not be for always, I don't know, but for me, that um, relationship, like defining of roles, I guess I should say, with me and the Lord and the life that we're creating together, mm. um, that's been such powerful advice for me. Almost like um, my job's to dream big and choose, you know, what dreams I want to pursue. And then God will direct my steps in the details of that. And it's just, I come back to that advice again and again and again, just to say like, you devise your ways and let God pick Mm. the steps that you take in it. Yes, So that's so good. Um, We're going to end with one of our very favorite parts of Proverbs. That's where we're going, right? Oh, yeah, yes, yes. Um, Which is Proverbs 31. And it's clear at the very end, it's going to be... Last chapter. Well, actually, before we go there, I have to do that one at the end of Ecclesiastes. I love it so much. Um, I am someone who... Well, we both are. We are people who love the end of books of scripture. And if you start looking, make a little note to go through and just look at the last several verses of the end of books of scripture, because some of the greatest lines are in there. The the last couple of verses of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are like that. Um, Also in the Book of Mormon with Nephi, um, there's a moment where Lehi has some last words in one right at the very beginning of second Nephi and Jacob does the same thing. There's just sometimes those verses right at the end are so good. And it is true of Ecclesiastes, which I love. Um, It says in ours, it says this, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work unto judgment, which with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. And I was thinking about it the other day as I was reading it. And I was like, if you could just rewrite it and like, how would I say it to my kids if I was passing on? I think this is what the preacher, I love that he was the preacher. The preacher. Don't you? Yes. This is what the preacher was saying. I think he would say this at the end of this wisdom literature. Remember this, my son. A lot of people will say a lot of things. Here is the most important. Love God and do what he tells you. And I just think that is so sweet when you think about this wisdom literature that it's just like, here, this is the end. I, if I could sum it all up, it would just be this. Love God and just do what he tells you. And that is how to live a good life, which I think is so sweet. And, and it just makes me think, too, about just the whole concept of the beauty of wisdom literature is how applicable it is to multiple situations, right? It just kind of like could blanket mm. whatever your life looks like that advice is powerful advice right yes and i when i was just on our hxp trip um, i talked about last week did this humanitarian trip one of the teenagers on the trip said if you could give any advice to your kids Mm. what would it be yes you know and mine was somewhere similar to this line where it was just like if i can teach you to just love and trust god and look to him for answers, whatever your life brings, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Like you're going to be okay because 
It honestly doesn't matter. Like I can't prepare you for every situation, but I really can prepare you for every situation. Yes, if this, you know? if this is your go-to. And um, so that's the great end of Ecclesiastes. Um, the end of Proverbs is probably one of my most favorite chapters in scripture. It's just so beautifully written. Yeah, and interestingly, it's all, it's also super controversial for people. Like people, controversial is probably the wrong word. They have a lot of problems with it. It causes kind of like a, it rubs people the wrong way. And that's because it's written for a very particular time and culture. And mm-hmm. instead of taking the wisdom from it, people will take the specifics from it. And that will kind of cause people to like, I don't like that. I don't like what it says. Mm-hmm. I don't like the pressure it puts on me. Yes. Um, particularly um, for women. Yes. Like it really, I've never had a problem with Proverbs 31. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but particularly for women, because of the way that it's written, it will cause some women to read it and say like, that's not the life I want to live. I can never measure up to living like that. How I don't want you to expect that out of me. And, and for those of you familiar with it, you know, you might be saying, yes, amen, amen, amen. Uh, something interesting you might want to know about Proverbs 31 is it, it was intend. The audience of Proverbs thirty-one was actually to be written toward men. That was the intended audience of Proverbs thirty-one, and the purpose for that and the reasoning for that is Proverbs thirty-one isn't necessarily a set of expectations for women, but rather an invitation for men to see the good and praise what is good and noteworthy in the women in their lives. And so it was, it's almost an example. It's a song. It's a song that's written, an, an example of a song that should be sung to wives, to mothers, to sisters, to daughters as a way to praise them and honor them for who they are and the qualities that they possess and, and the benefits that come into a family because of those. Um, we love that we learned um, several years ago when I was in Israel, but then it's something that we've just have um, kept with us and talked about. I talk about this all the time because I'm fascinated by it. Um, is a Jewish tradition that takes place every Sabbath Eve, usually at dinner time is when it happens. And um, in the Jewish tradition, this part of Proverbs 31 is called a Shekayil, which means a woman of valor. That's um, what it represents. And there is a song that, that it's set to music. And when the family gathers for dinner on Sabbath Eve, just after the Sabbath candles have been lit, but before the meal is eaten, there is a moment where the women in the home are honored, which I just love the thought of that. And, and here is something that I think is unique. It's weekly. Mm-hmm. It's every single week a reminder of the importance of a woman in the life, right? And in the home and in God's plan and just where, um, where this honor and this awe comes from, which I love. And, the w- and it's interesting, too, that it's weekly because it, it seems as if this is something that's easily forgotten. Yes. And easily set aside. And maybe even so, it seems that it's something that um, because of the culture that we've always lived in, Mm. that a woman can easily begin to believe that she's not valued. Yes. And that she's not. And so it would you would need a weekly 
remi- reminder. reminder to set that right. Mm. The Sabbath, remember for Jewish people, they understood it brought them back into the Garden of Eden, right? Let me bring you mm. back before all the complications with relationships that came with the fall to understand like what the role and value of a woman is from, from the very beginning. Yes, yeah. Um, and I love um, that what we find in here are words that describe the courage and the strength of a righteous woman. Now, sometimes we will get into these verses. And when I look, I love to look at the verbs. That, and we're going to talk about that. Um, we sometimes get caught up in the, um, what would you call the responsibilities? Yeah, the or specifics the, of all of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the duties. Um, and the duties would have very much reflected that time period, that culture, that society, because that's when it was written. Right. Um, the verbs for me transcend. They transcend that time period and they... And culture, both. Yeah, and yeah. the culture. And they make sense in ours too. And, and I want to talk about maybe what that would look like. But um, hold on to this for just a second before we go in there. I love that the words that are used describe the virtue, courage, and strength of a righteous woman. And um, that every Sabbath Eve, once a week, all of the month, all of the year, all of the life, these words are mentioned about the women that um, are God's daughters, right? That, That run the home and the family and are part of that plan. And so I want to talk about that for a minute as we enter into this. I'm drawn into this because I love to study anywhere we find women mentioned in scripture. So anytime we see that, I I can't help it. I just am so drawn to know more about, teach me about uh, the role of women in God's plan and in the story of Um, you know, the world story, teach me about it. And I love that chapter 31 starts. It says the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. And there's a couple things just right there that I'm in love with. First of all, I love that what is in scripture are the words of a mother and that someone would have considered those words to be important in a time when women didn't really have a voice. Um, a couple other things that stood out to me. Well, I, let me just say something that was cool too with that line. It reminds me of, you know, those little videos that Elder, there was a series of videos Elder Bednar um, taught on recognizing the spirit and, yes. you know. Yes. And in one of them, um, he talks about um, an example of hearing the spirit is, um, he gives an example of hearing his mother teach him mm. something. And he actually said, he's like, why in that video, why does the spirit need to say something if he can just remind me of something my mother already taught me? Hmm. And he talks about like that voice, his mother's voice, the spirit using the voice of his mother, Hmm. reminding him of what she taught to to speak to him. Yeah, Yeah, I love that so much. Um, I love this too, that as you study that time period, which is important. When we when we get into books like this, we need to read it according to the period that it was given in, but then allow the Spirit to help us bring it to life in the period we live in. Um, in that period, the mother of a reigning king was always regarded with utmost respect. Hence, we often find the names of king's mothers in sacred records. So I just love the thought of that, that there's 
this deep respect happening. Um, I also love that it's the prophecy his mother taught him, that it was these words that were gonna be important um, in a future sense, that were gonna change his life in that regard. And I also love that she starts out and is like, okay, what, my son, right? It's gonna start out with, to her son, this is the expectation of you. And this is what my hopes are for you. This is um, the, the dreams that I have in mind for you and, and my cautions also that I would give you. And I love that that's where she begins. And then it's in verse 10 where it starts what we know, um, who can find a virtuous woman? Now there's a couple things that are important as we start reading because on one hand, if you wanna take this literally, then you imagine this queen mother telling her son, this is what I'm hoping you would find in a wife. And some people will read it literally like that. Um, this is also written like we talked about the Psalm, uh, the scripture Psalm, which was every letter of the alphabet is used in order and it's meant to teach you something, everything building on the thing that came before. And Proverbs is the same. Each verse is a letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which I think is so interesting that within this short part of the Old Testament, we have that pattern of learning given for how to understand scripture. Um, but we also have that pattern given to understand um, the role of women, which I'm gonna say really carefully because I don't want you to look at that role in the job she was assigned, but we're gonna lean into the verbs that she was assigned, which is my favorite part of Proverbs 31. Um, this can also be read as how to prepare the bride or the church for the return of Christ. So it, this could be a set of verses that's given to the church as a whole. Yeah, and some Bible scholars think just a summary of the whole book of Proverbs. Mm. And define, like, because remember the, the bride, the woman, is a symbol for the church. It was like, this yeah. is what you would be and how you would live, you know? So almost like a short summary of all the Proverbs for how to become, you know, the kind of person God hopes you can become. Yep. So we sometimes get caught up in these, let me tell you the words I don't want you to pay as much attention to um, as we get started, because it's gonna talk about, and you help me find some, but it's someone who's gonna um, take wool and flax and work it with her hands. Um, it's someone who's gonna rise early. It's someone who's gonna cook meals. It's She's someone... gonna go to the store in verse 16. Yeah. She's gonna um, it, it, stay up all night. Yes, it's all of these things that you're like, that makes me so tired. Um, and there are a couple verses of those that I am gonna pull out because for me, they have been super empowering and maybe in a way that you might not have thought. Uh, which is one of my favorite ways to read this. But let's just start right at the very beginning, verse 10. It starts out, who can find a virtuous woman? And that phrase could also be translated, who can find a woman of valor? And let's just think about that for a minute because we just spent the entire summer studying uh, a man of valor, men of valor, right? We, we talked about what that looked like. And in the king's army, what those men would have represented those men of valor. We wore those bracelets for the whole summer. And I love that we are gonna get into a book of scripture right now that is gonna also talk about woman of valor 
and the part they play in the kingdom. Um, the king's daughters, that's who we are talking about now, and I love the thought of that. Um, and what happens is there are these verbs now that stand out. So I'm gonna just take you through, we've listed a whole bunch of them right here. Um, because they're gonna use these verbs and describe what it looked like in this time period. I just want you to pull those verbs out. I'm not gonna put an end to each of them and I want you to think where you are doing that in your life currently. So a woman of valor is somebody who works willingly, who rises up, um, who considers things and plants things, someone who is a creator um, who strengthens, um, she stretches out, she reaches forth. Um, I love when it talks about strength and honor and wisdom and kindness are part of who this woman is. And as I think about that, I think about in my life, um, the places where I am working right now, the, the causes that I am involved in, the things that I am passionate about, that's what God wants from his daughters, um, someone who will bring something to the table. And what is that? Mm. What is it that you bring to the table? Someone who is willing to um, rise up to whatever is required of her in that moment. Um, this is one of my favorite verses is in verse 16. In Proverbs 31, it says, she considereth a field and buyeth it with the fruit of her hands, she planteth a vineyard. And I just want you to think for a minute what that actually looks like in your life right now, in your life, in my life. What is the thing you are considering right now that you look out and you see barren land? You see something that is not being utilized right now, but your eyes can look at that thing and see potential there that you're like, I could do something with that. And do you have the courage to invest in that thing and um, to, to plant, to, to grow something up out of that space where nothing is right now? And that space might be a business that you create. It might be a child who just needs somebody to look at him and say, I actually see potential in you and let me plant in you a vision of what you could be and what you could do in your life. Um, I love in verse 18 when it says, um, her candle goeth not out by night. And some of you might, who have little tiny babies, um, might be thinking, okay, that is totally me because I don't even ever sleep. But one of the things that I think about where I am in my life um, is when darkness comes, my testimony does not go out hmm. in that moment that I'm gonna still be strong, there's nothing, there's no darkness that would take that away from me. Um, I love this idea of she is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. And I read that and think to myself, I'm not afraid of the storms that are gonna hit our family because I know the atonement of Jesus Christ. I know the grace that will come, the enabling strength that will come, my family has been clothed with scarlet. In, in some of the greatest storms of our life, that is when he has shown up. And I love the thought of being a daughter like that, that bring the storm because I know 
the Lord who will sustain me through it. Um, I do love that as we read through each of these verses where we might see menial work, the Spirit will help us actually see, no, there is great beauty here and there is potential here and there is a great work for the daughters in the kingdom to do. And it's going to require women who are willing to work and bring things to the table and rise up and consider barren places and plant and strengthen and stretch out and reach out to people. And it's going to be women of strength and honor and wisdom and kindness. And I just think to myself, I want to be one of those women. I was reading, um, this quote that I love, well, first of all, valor is one of my favorite words in scripture. And if you research that word valor um, within the topical guide and the Bible dictionary and the guide to the scriptures, one of the things that you will quickly find is that valor is the opposite of apathy, mm. which I love that what is needed in the kingdom is the opposite of apathy of being apathetic. It is these women of valor. And then I read this quote from a woman. I only have her first name, Ahava, but she said, valor isn't about what you do, but how you do it. And um, again, I go back to those, those words in here. The that verbs. Just, yeah, the verbs that just draw me in every time that, um, you know, what are you bringing to the table? How are you rising up? Where are you bringing strength? How are you reaching out? And stretching forth and um, how are we doing that? Which I love the thought of that. Um, as I thought about this tradition that happens in Jewish homes um, every Sunday and about Proverbs 31, which I love. And sometimes I will read on Saturday nights, which is our Sabbath Eve. Um, I will read Proverbs 31 to myself to remind me um, what valor looks like and and those verbs that just motivate me but i also will get out doctrine and covenants 25 emma's um chapter and and she has a lot of those same words in her chapter like when god is speaking to his daughters both in proverbs 31 and in emma when you read in doctrine and covenants 25 the words are really empowering he's asking women to step up and do things in time periods where women didn't like, do you think women really did stuff with merchant ships and bought fields and um, were doing all those things back there? I don't know, but I'm inclined to think no. Mm. And yet God looks at his daughters and says, go, like move forward, be brave enough for the doing of whatever it is. And it made me want to start my own Sabbath Eve tr uh, tradition because um, as we study the women in scripture, it makes me want to start gathering the words of how God describes the women. They're not quiet women. Have you ever noticed that before? The women who we have in scripture, they're actually like a little bit, I don't want to say rebellious, but they're, they're, they don't hold back. They, um, they're passionate about things. They're brave. They enter into situations that sometimes you think maybe they shouldn't. They go to war. Um, they save entire cities. They're doing God's work in magnificent ways. And what if we were to write down words and phrases that inspire us from Scripture, that remind us of the virtue and the courage and the strength of righteous women, 
And what if each of us created our own Eshet Kail in every season of our life? Um, because maybe um, in your teenage years, it would look different than it would when you were in your 20s or now that I'm in my 50s. What is What does valor look like for me right now? What would my Eshet Kail be? And what if I would read it every Sabbath Eve? It just makes me wonder what would I become? And if we were to speak those words to our daughters and um, to our daughter-in-laws once a week, every month, every year for all of a life, who would those girls become? Yeah. And, and then I would even say you, you speak them to your sons too. Like this one in particular, and it's a pushback against a culture where they were ignored. But this list doesn't only transcend, you know, time mm-hmm. and culture and everything. But it, but it, like I want to take that list for myself. Yeah. And I want to say in this season of my life, what am I working toward? What am I bringing? How am I rising up? What am I considering? What am I planting? Plant, planting. Yeah. <laughs> Who am I strengthening? How am I stretching out? Like, this is a, a I, I think it's so, so valuable. And, 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 you know, you might, some of the specifics might match up with you in here. Like if there is, um, you know, someone who is a stay-at-home mom of young kids, she's like, in this season of my life. This looks like this me. This looks like me. And this is how I will, will do that. And in, instead of getting rubbed wrong by it or demanding something, rather it's like inviting you to, like, to consider, you know, mm-hmm. in what ways will you do these things in your life? I, I like that starts with that one line where it says, and she will do good. Yes, that's 12, my favorite. You know? Yeah, and in verse two. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's like just th- th- this is what it looks like to do good. Yeah, right. And to consider all of these, and th- this is a really, really um, fantastic activity to take these verbs, mm-hmm. line them out on a piece of paper, and have anyone in your class or family fill in the blank for this particular season yep. of their life. Yep. I just and think put it somewhere. So, yeah. And on my phone, there is an alarm that goes off every Saturday night at 10 something. Um, and it all the alarm is named Ashek Kail. Mm. And it is the moment where I just stop and remind myself that I am a daughter of God and that I have a great work in His kingdom. And... It's something I remind myself every Saturday night because I, I want to remember my role and and my place in His plan. Yeah, yeah, and and it's encouraging too, right? I mean, it's like an encouragement to like. Not only are you valuable, but you're needed. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like to anyone listening to this. The kingdom of God cannot become restored wholly without your contribution. Mm. It cannot happen. Whoever you are, in whatever station of life that you are in, it absolutely cannot occur. It cannot, we cannot experience the full restoration of God's kingdom and people without your particular contribution. So That's true. not just nice talk. That's true. True. Yeah. So, so good. Okay, y'all, enjoy. Next week, we jump into Isaiah. Isaiah Yeah, my favorite. My favorite. Get excited. See ya. 
This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.